Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. Her name is Emma Dowd, and she had a life-changing event in 2020, which exposed a secret that he held for 41 years. He was a hermaphrodite, and now his body showed some changes that forced him to live with the true life and tell his story of struggle and achievement. Emma, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So tell me, what was going on in 2020 that changed things for you and changed your view of the world? Well, honestly, it kind of really started in 2019. It was right before the Super Bowl. I had slipped. I had a sick dog and the dog was blind and she just peed in, in the in, on the tile floor. And I walked in, slipped on it and ended up hitting my head like right at the base of my neck and head. And at the time, it, I was knocked out. It was it really screwed me up for a little while. And the doctor said that they didn't think it was going to be anything more than just a um, a severe concussion. And I've had concussions before. So it was like really kind of same thing I always did. And I noticed that by the end of the year, I started having uh, pain under my nipples again. And I felt like these little nodules. Now, when that happened in 10th grade, I thought it was cancer, but it wasn't. It was breast development. And so I realized that what happened was when I hit my head, yes, the testosterone I took for a couple of years was able to rejuvenate what little ability I had to create testosterone was now probably gone. So I was faced with an option. Do I either a take testosterone, which has already committed, um, expedited my ability to have the symptoms for my MS to bring me to where I am today, which was really bad. So I really risked further damaging myself to, to continue to stay on it. Or do I just let it go and see what happens? So I let it go and uh, just decided to see what happened. So at the beginning of 2020, I realized that my breast development had started again and it was, it was getting quite profound. So I had to wear heavier clothes and thicker clothes to try to hide it from everybody. And then it got to the point where people just saw it and there's nothing I could do. Uh, it was just who I was. So I had started having to tell people. Let, let me get, let's just tell this straight to the people. You were physically a boy back then and you were now developing breasts and it just didn't seem right. I mean, this was something that was going on that shouldn't have been going on. No, it shouldn't. And the problem with it was, is that I found out in school, I was a 46 XX chromosome intersex, which means I had a uterus and the idea of me having um, the, the uh, bleeding ulcer was actually a menstrual cycle. And I stopped the breast development. I stopped the menstruation cycle based upon taking the testosterone. So that is why this started happening again. I was literally hiding being a female because of the volatility of my school and how they were 
they, they didn't like me to begin with. I was already beat on because they thought I was gay. So this probably would have gotten me killed from where I, where I lived. It was very redneck. Um, they where, didn't, were you living, where were you living at the time? Land Lakes, Florida. Okay. So, you know, this brings us up to this whole aspect that we're now getting into where people are putting he, him, she, her, they, them in this, in beside their names now, because people do have different identities. Some people are she, her. Some people are he, him, like myself. And some people are them, they, that they have a dual identity. And it's different for everyone. Is that not right? Oh, it is different for everybody. That's for sure. I mean, unfortunately, the people that are kind of like the they, them people, um, they either look just like you, but they just decide they don't want to have an identity or they don't want to conform to being male or female. They believe that they are just there. And that those are the ones that want the they, them, or sometimes they're like a mixture of a boy and girl. They like a guy will put on makeup, wear dresses, but still look like a man, not shave, you know, have beards and stuff. And sometimes it's, it's for females going to male. Um, they dress like more like a little tomboy type thing. And some of the people you can kind of understand what that, pronouns going to probably be. But the problem with it is, is that we don't know until we talk to them. And a lot of times we just automatically assume that it's he or she or they or him or her. And what ends up happening is you say the wrong pronoun and people lose their minds. And, you know, that's what, that's what gets me about it. You know, unless you've talked to them before and you know them, then fine, try to call them by what they want to have as pronouns. But if they don't, and you'd never met them before, they really shouldn't be losing on people and trying to put people out of business and, and attack people just because of the fact that you mistook who they are. And, and I, I'm glad you're saying that because you have a chromosomal basis whereby which you can be a boy or a girl based on what's going on in your, in your genetic phenotype, you know, and, and, because of the development that's going on, you were a boy for a large part of your life, and now you've changed to being a girl because phenotypically, it's better for you to be that way because there would be bad consequences if you, if you stayed being a boy. Is that not right? Yeah, it was hard mentally to stay that way because my brain was, was even from a little age of kindergarten, I was mentally um, and emotionally and desire-wise female, and my chromosomes were female. I didn't know it at the time until I was almost in eleventh grade. But no matter what I do to change, it's not never going to change my chromosomes. Just my exterior persona of what people recognize me as. So um, the only thing I'm changing is to actually match the things you can't see: my heart, my soul, my mind, and. I didn't have to do anything. I have never done any surgeries. I didn't do any hormone replacement therapies until late uh, last August when um, my my hormones levels were kind of like zeroing each other out. So it's like I had enough uh, female estrogen and I had just enough testosterone that it wiped itself out. So I was going through a lot of emotional ups and, ups and downs. That's the only reason why they put me on that. Um, but generally, I do also have both genitals too. So I can technically be both but it's more of a physical thing the one thing even if i decided to stay a man i would start to have to tell people 
Look, I am I am intersex because it, there are some medications that women are not supposed to be around because it can have adverse effects on them. And I took some of those and I lost a lot of hair because of it and things. That's why I wear this this right here. And, you know, these are things that I can't change no matter how I try to change it through surgeries or whatever or clothes. I would always be a female in, in one sense or the other. And if they dug me up 30 years from now, my bone structure would show that I was female. And I think this is things that people have to realize that some of the things that we call male and some of the things we call female are put on us by society. I I mean, some of the things definitely come about because of the way society looks at males and females differently. But some of the things are unique to us. So unique to to the way our bodies are built, by the way our phenotype is built, by the way our genes are built. Is that not right? Absolutely. It's, it's 100% correct. I mean, yes, I tried to be a male and I could literally, I could, I mean, what I did is I would like, let's just take you, for example, I saw you in school, you were maybe popular, you wore certain clothes, you talked a certain way. I would mimic you. And when I could mimic that, for the most part, people believed I was a man. You know, they didn't see what I have in my pants. I didn't have breast development at the time. Um, you know, and I didn't even, I, honestly, I didn't even have facial hair. So it, I didn't have that till late in high school. So for the most part, I just looked like a very young, like tomboy type thing. So, but yeah, genetically I was female and I thought female thoughts and yeah, you can learn that. You absolutely can learn that. If you were to raise a female as a male, even if she didn't do any types of, of, um, of, uh, you know, surgeries or hormones you had her grow up as a boy boy haircut boy clothes she would think that she was a boy but she would still have some of those tendencies of being female as well which would probably give her a little bit of a conflict along the way let's go back and and try to understand in yourself you know you knew you were a girl all your life you knew that you had female tendencies Yet you're growing up as a boy uh, because of society's demands and, and everything else. How did that stress you out? Very much so. I mean, like when I was in when I was in kindergarten, that's really when I first hit my major wall. We had a little thing where we would we would play house, and that was part of the curriculum. And I was always marked as the male, as the man, uh, the husband. The, the the grandfather, the uncle, the brother, whatever. And I could not mimic that. And so they were yelling at me, like, that's not what these people do. And I'm like, well, I don't understand how these people do this. And I didn't, and it kind of upset me that I was always picked for that because I wanted to be the daughter. I wanted to be the mother. I wanted to be the aunt, the grandmother, something. So I would just go sit by myself and I was kind of antisocial and that kind of brought up other problems as well. But like I said, I was put in men's clothing. I was treated like a man. I was told I was a man. I got a man's haircut, despite the fact that I didn't like it. And I kind of got stuck inside that lie. And I didn't know how to tell my parents, look, something's not right. You know, I mean, I tried telling them when I was really young and they were just like, oh, it's, you know, it's just being a kid, you know, but I didn't have any female friends other than my mother. So I wouldn't have really known what I'm talking about, I shouldn't have known what I was talking about because I had nothing to compare it to. But as the the lie went, it got more and more stressful to maintain it 
people were starting to call me names. They thought I was weird. And so I just decided to take it upon myself to mimic people that so it would divert some of the attention away. But I was still I was isolated. I was a introvert. Um, I didn't speak to too many people. In fact, if people are hearing me right now, that's probably they would probably say this is the most I've ever, they've ever heard me speak in my life. So, um, you know, I, I didn't do sports. It was hard in P.E. I had to dress out certain ways so that way people wouldn't see that I had two you know, two genitals. And people also wouldn't have been able to see that I had a female body. I had wide hips. I had a short torso. I had a, a big, you know, broader chest and I had an hourglass figure and I couldn't, I had to hide that. And when people started catching on because they wanted to have me look at playboys and stuff, and I was not interested in that. Then's when they, they started attacking me for being gay and I got seriously beat up. I mean, I don't know if you could see it, but this white line here, which I cannot seem to hide from um, from any uh, makeup, is a scar from a kid blowing up a can of foam insulation in my face. And I lost a lot of my eyebrow, which I still have. I have a big chunk of hair that has never grown back here. And I have that scar that they had to cut off. They threw... Um, they threw fertilizer in my mouth, which burned the inside of my mouth. I also was, I had my back, um, my shirt and my pants stapled to my body. Um, they did some horrible things to me. So I literally had to maintain something to try to divert the attention away from people. I even, I even asked girls to, to be my girlfriend, not to actually be my girlfriend, just to pretend to be that way. So it would divert the attention from the gay accusations that were coming out. They technically weren't wrong. I'm not technically gay, but I am gay if I was going for females. So um, that's just how I was wired. And that's the way that, that was my desires were, were guys. And I had to, I had to subdue that too. So it was a really complicated life. Wow. That, that sounds like it was really complicated. Now, have you been able to reconcile your life now? Have you been able to grow through that and get to a better place now? So much better. Um, yes, it, it was tough at first because I had to confront my spouse. I had to confront my family. I had to confront my friends that only knew me as the old me. And now that I knew how to say what I wanted to say, I could say it easier. And the way that I attacked it was that, I would go to them and tell them what I, what I was apologize for kind of being, you know, deceptive all these years, even though I wasn't intending to do that. I was more for my own, my own safety. And then I just kind of dropped my hands to the side and let them say whatever they had to say, good or bad, whether they rejected me or accepted me. Um, and I just showed them love and compassion and that this was an, an honest to God thing. So that went through a lot. And then, I also realized that my driver's license was in trouble because <laughs> I went to I went to a club with my friend that came down from California and I was not allowed in the club. And that was an embarrassing ordeal, not only for me, but everybody else in the group. So I decided, you know, next time you come down, I'm going to have my, my driver's license fixed. So I fixed my driver's license. I fixed my birth certificates. I I was having a little bit of a mental problem as the hormones started getting imbalanced towards the end of last year got put on hormones, feel great. Um, I can finally be myself. I don't have to sit there and double check everything that I say and do. Um, I, I can, I can be myself. There's no more exhausting, um, stress by the end of the day. I'm happy because I don't have to worry about everybody else's opinion of me. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm loving life. And not only that, when I look in the mirror, I think the most important thing was I always saw a female reflection looking back at me that I never could be. And now I see that. And I didn't have to do really much of anything to accomplish that, which is a big, big relief. <laughs> that's huge. And I, I think that's where you have to be. At. I think everybody has to be happy with their skin. They have to be happy with who they are and they have to project that, you know, the problem is you couldn't project that because you had, um, you were living in a difficult body. You were living in, in a body that wasn't yours, so to speak. And you were living in an identity that wasn't yours. The way that I tried to put it towards people was you go out for Halloween and you dress up in this hideous outfit and you put on a mask and you put on the, the outfit. And when you come home, you can't take it off. It will not come off. So therefore you kind of have to stay in character. And that's kind of how I felt. It's like they glued a mask onto my face that I could not get off. And yeah, people kind of saw through the mask a little bit, but it was still en enough to keep me and keep that lie going. And it was exhausting. And I hated myself because I looked in the mirror. I'm like, this is not me. I can't, I can't go out and buy the clothes I want to go out and, and do. I can't go to the sleepovers that I really wanted to be at. Not because I was attracted to the females, but because I wanted to be one of them. I was one of them and I couldn't tell them, Hey, look, I'm here. This is me. And, um, you know, when, when it changed my voice, that really destroyed me too. And so, yeah, it was, it was being stuck in a position. I just, couldn't get out of. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse until I stepped up and finally dealt with it. I swept this under the rug so many times. You can't do that. You got to, you got to attack problems as they come. So now that you have your identity, now that you have a life back, what's the next chapter in your life? I want to be an advocate for people that are going through the same thing as me. Now that may be transgender people, because honestly, we do some have some type of similarities. I mean, even for me, I, to be, to get my, my particular bottom fixed. So I don't have to, I still have to do a gender assignment surgery. Um, I still have to be on hormones because the hormones I took destroyed my other hormones and stuff like this. So I, we do share a lot of similarities, but for intersex people, we're kind of forgotten. Um, they kind of promote it as a sexual preference or a sexual identity. And it's not, it is physically a chromosomal um, medical condition. And a lot of the times we are more susceptible to being born with things or develop things along the way, like cystic fibrosis and, and um, MS, like I have, and, you know, Parkinson's and other things along the way. And unfortunately, the way that it's being portrayed by a lot of the groups out there is that, you know, it's a sexual preference. So a lot of doctors don't believe us at first. And a lot of, a lot of transgender people do come in and say, I'm, I'm intersex because it's a lot lax on the mental conditioning that you need to go through. You have to go through physical, uh, mental therapy and hormone therapy for a certain extent of the time before they can do surgeries. So a lot of them are just calling themselves intersex and, and getting what they want to get. And that hurts people like me. So I'm trying to be a vote a voice for people that this isn't, this isn't, was never really a choice. It kind of was, but a lot of, a lot of trend, a lot of intersex people don't want to transition. They just don't mind being a little bit of both. For me, I was more female and it was just easier. And, and then I literally stopped my body from turning into this to please people. So 
it was, it's just basically a great reset is what I call it. So I want to, I want to bring out the people that are, that are exploiting intersex people and using it for sexual deviance. I want to, I want people to understand that this is a medical condition. We are same just as everybody else. We just have medical ideas that are, are needs that come up, whereas uh, maybe a transgender doesn't. And I want to show people that, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with anybody if you treat them with respect and love. So yeah, you may, you may differ on some opinions. That doesn't mean that they hate you, um, but they should be at least respected and not beat on or chastised for their life because honestly, their life has nothing to do with yours uh, unless they're forcing something upon you. So I just want to be a voice for people that, you know, maybe wondering if they are transgender or intersex, what to do. And sometimes people that think that they're transgender aren't. And these are where we're seeing, this is where we're starting to see a lot of the problem of detransitioning and their bodies are never the same. So I want people to understand what it takes to go through this type of thing. And I think I can do that. That's fantastic. And, and that's very generous of you, you know, from what you've gone through, the abuse you've gone through, the difficulty you've gone through, and yet you're putting yourself out there again for potential abuse, potential hardship, because, you know, sometimes society doesn't look good on people that are different. They don't. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack from the LGBTQ. Um, they already they already kind of rejected me when I first reached out to them last year or in 2020, you know, telling them that I need needed some, you know, just some people that were like similar to me. And I lost a lot of my transgender friends, believe it or not. And I was kicked out of the LGBTQ group because of being intersex. So um, I know that I'm going to be receiving a lot of hate. And I, I'm ready for that because there's a voice out there from people like me who are very introverted people at, for the most part. And they don't not, they don't they don't want to put themselves out there. And I, and a few years ago, I wouldn't have done it either. But now that I realize what's going on, I think it needs to be happening. And yeah, I will take the abuse. I will do what I need to do to make it right. It has to be made right. And it has to be portrayed accurately. That's the most, that's the biggest thing I think that I really want to accomplish is because the LGBTQ is not necessarily promoting intersex correctly. And this is where I'm running into these issues. And I know that other intersex people are too. So I don't have a problem with what anybody does. I love people for who they are. I accept them and I will always be their best friend. But if you're going to say something and, and absorbs a, a condition like mine, you got to make sure you portray it correctly. And, and I think this is the difficulty we're facing in, in this day and age where there's such polarization. Everybody seems to be banging their drum in such a way that it's for their own group or their own uh, idea and so on. And, and I think we need to rise above that. I, I really think people have to be kinder and more loving and, and understanding of different points of view. Yeah, we do. And I mean, honestly, that's what I love. I, I mean, when you put a mixture together, I mean, everybody's special in their own way. And I love that. That's what diversity truly is. But to chastise somebody that doesn't agree with them is wrong to try to put somebody down or take out their business or, you know, cancel them because they don't agree with you. A hundred percent is wrong. Do they hate you? Probably not, but they don't necessarily agree with you. I mean, I have a lot of people that don't agree with me. 
they don't hate me. I still talk to them all the time. So, you know, we got to look at things differently. But like you said, just because I don't necessarily agree with you politically with a polit- political ideology or a ideology of what you what you put in with your life should not mean that we can't be friends and we got to put each other out and hurt each other. We can live together as a community, come together and make something amazingly great for everybody around us. And the more acceptance that we are of that, the easier it's going to be. But we got to realize that we, and we're not going to be accepted by everybody. And that's just, that's just facts. But that doesn't mean that they hate you. And I, I'm going to bring this back to an analogy to a situation that we talked about just before you, we got on the air. And that's, let's suppose you're a, a fan of a particular sports team, whether it's hockey or football or basketball. Well, just because you love your sports team doesn't mean you're not a fan of sports. You're not a f- and this is the game of life we're talking about. So you should be a, an advocate for the game of life and, and recognize that people are people and, and, and love people because they're that. Exactly. You couldn't have said it better than that. And, you know, if you are going to accept people in a group like the LGBTQ, they need to make sure that they don't chastise their own people that 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 may differ from their opinion as well. Yeah, I think that's very important. Why this show is called How to Live a Fantastic Life Show. And I'm I always end this with two questions. Number one is, Emma, how do you live a fantastic life? For the longest time, I didn't I could not answer that. But now it's being authentic and being open with myself and accepting and loving myself for who I am because perfection, the way that I grew up is impossible. Yes. It's great to try to be perfect and strive for perfection, but it's impossible to attain because everybody's everybody's idea of perfection differs. So just be yourself, be, be authentic to who you are. Love yourself. It doesn't matter what that may be, what your, what disabilities you may have, accept them, incorporate it and make the best that life has to offer you and what was given to you and the tools that you have at hand. Exactly. The flip side of this question is how do you recommend others have a fantastic life? Maybe our listeners out there. Find something that honestly you're interested in and pursue it. Um, whether that be a ideology that you, that you strongly believe in, whether that be religion, whether that be different cultures and learning and, and education, whether that be, um, a hobby, whatever that may be, find a purpose for yourself. Because if you feel like you have no purpose, you're not going to, you're not going to continue to go up. You're not going to want to get out of bed in the morning. So find something that is interesting to you and either make it a career or make it a hobby. And like I said, I did art a long time ago and I didn't necessarily do it just for me. I did it because it could literally change and make the world a better, a beautiful place around me and tell stories. So, you know, there's a little bit of something good in everything. Even if there's something bad, you can find something good in it. So find your purpose. And when you find your purpose, you will be rejuvenated and you can accomplish a lot of things. And sometimes that opens up other doors along the way. Excellent. Thank you, Emma, for being your guest today. How can people find you if they want to? How can they, maybe on social media or something like that, that, that if you wanted, if they wanted to find you, how can they follow you? 
Well, I have a Facebook. Uh, actually, the, you can find all of the links on my on my website, Emma's Diaries. Dot com. Um, you can also go to my Instagram, which is Fallen Angel M. You can find me on Snapchat, which is Emma Dowd 21. You can find it's Emma Dowd, the uh, Emma Lynn dot Dowd one if you want to go to Facebook. But you can just look up Emma Dowd. You'll see my picture. Um, and of course, like I said, my website is, is important. I do have a YouTube channel, too, where I, I'm going to expose a lot of a lot of hypocrisies, a lot of people using um, my my condition and other conditions to find deviance and being predators towards people and talking about my transition and what I've done with my life too up there. So I wanted to be inspirational as well. So my YouTube channel is Emma Dowd and um, just pretty much anything. You just look up my name and you'll find me. Emma, thank you for being here today. And thank you for being out there for people. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so glad I could do this, and I hope somebody will get some benefit from this. I'm sure they will. Have a fantastic day. You too. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic day.